Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. 1234 at Edmonton. You know, I, I know a guy that's in the uh, mobile home moving business. He's a great guy, huge Oilers fan. His name is Mitch Dahl. And uh, I bring that up because there was a, commer- a commercial that was tweeted out yesterday by Rex Chapman, and it is the funniest damn thing I've ever seen in my life, and we could all use humor at various different times. Louis DeBrusque is our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training and taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. Louis, did you see that video of that commercial for the uh, mobile home uh, mover in the States? No, I haven't. It is right up your alley. It's in your wheelhouse. Let, let, because, well, I'm excited to know. I have to watch it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll fire I'll fire it off to you. It's absolutely, uh, it's just incredible. Uh, and it and it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. I think you could get a chuckle. I mean, we just, it's it's funny because uh, when I worked in a different industry, a lot of the kids from different parts of the country hated certain bands, but there was one band that everybody everybody liked was the tragically hip back in the day like that was sort of you know what that's the cool canadian band just like you know people to talk about nickelback being a canadian band that everybody likes to hate on and uh and so we had you know we had people from quebec and we had people from the bc you know from the uh, the coast in bc and then we had guys to northeastern british columbia and guys from alberta and guys from southern alberta that were mormons i mean we had all the total gamut, you know, Saskatchewan kids that were honest and forthright and worked hard and grinded, and and but everybody loved the tragically hip. But this commercial, you got to see it, man. It is special stuff. Uh, Rex Chapman tweeted out, Brandon, you can fire a retweet off from that if you want from the Oilers Now account. So we could all use a chuckle at times. Uh, we've talked a bit about some of the comedy acts over the years, some of the comedians we like. Do you like Russell Peters? I do actually. Yeah, he uh, he's pretty funny. He's uh, he's got a good gig, and you know what? I like Joe Rogan too. You know, Joe Rogan's <laughs> the guy that I follow, and I obviously uh, listen to his podcast. I think he just uh, 
you know, the one I, I watch over and over again when I'm on the planes just to get a chuckle and kind of loosen up sometimes. But you know what? I've always liked comedy. I used to go to the old Yuck Yucks there when it was at West Edmonton Mall. I don't know if it's still there or not, but Cindy and I used to go there quite a bit to uh, check out some of the comedy shows. It's, uh, it's good to have a laugh, that's for sure. Well, I know we've discussed this privately before, but, uh, you know, the Desert Fashion Place Plaza in Palm uh, Palm Springs and Palm Desert back in the 1986-87, I saw Robin Williams two weeks in a row on a Friday night, and he was at his absolute infused best. You know what I'm saying? Like roared in in the test, you know, in the Ferrari and showed up and just, you know, and it wasn't a 20-minute act. Like he went on and he brought it and... You know, he actually lost more weight than a hockey player in one of his sets. He would drop about 15 pounds. He was sweating so much up there on stage, but he oh, was yeah. his all every time he was up there, Robin Williams. Yeah, we, and, and you know what? We could all use, uh, I mean, there's some pretty serious stuff happening out there in society right now, Louie. We know there's a lot of people uh, battling it and going through some tough times. Tw- roughly 25% of the private sector have lost their jobs. Several of us that are in the private sector have seen a, you know, a reduction in terms a salary and uh, many might be doing what they've always been doing but that kind of comes with the territory I know there's people in the public sector that are going through that as well um, so it is a, it is an interesting time but it's also a time in which there needs to be a relentlessness from uh, from leadership to continue to f- come up with solutions uh, and find different ways. And so, like again, we have some people that think, "Ah, oh, screw it, just in the NHL season. We don't need we don't need sports. We don't need we don't need the you know, not until we have a uh, vaccine for the virus should we ever play sports again." And then, but I, I would argue, you know, it's incumbent upon the Gary Bettmans of the world, Adam Silver's, to try to get their sports back playing. You know what I'm saying, Louis? Yep, they're trying to do their part, and I understand that. I'm I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of. I'm on the fence a little bit with it. Um, obviously, I'd love to see hockey back, and I really hope that it does happen, because if it does happen, that means they've met the requirements, they've done it the right way, and they've gone from all phases to the point where they drop the puck and they start playing hockey. That would be phenomenal. It would be great, because that means that we're seeing a change in the positive, starting with sports that hopefully will be everybody's lives at a certain point in time in the near future. The other side of me, having a kid that plays in the league, also says, listen, this needs to be, they need to make sure that they're having the safety of the players is the number one um, issue that they're dealing with throughout this whole thing. And from what I can understand, Bob, and from what I've seen talking to Jake, listening to what the press releases have been, and just having discussions, that is the number one priority, and it's been a really strict process. It, and, and, and again, I say that because just because they're going back for the training camps on July 10th, players are starting to funnel back into the respective cities, doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be a setback if something does happen drastically. And that's something they're going to be keeping an eye on as this goes along. But uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I do. I, I'm, I'm leaning more on the side of, listen, if we can get back to some semblance of normal, we can start to find sports. I will gladly watch hockey. I'll gladly work hockey. If I'm not working the games, I guarantee I'll be watching them because that's the sport I love and that's what I'm passionate about. And I know there's a lot of people that I talk to here in the city of Edmonton that feel the same way. They're very excited to have hockey back. Yes, there's going to be people that say, why are you doing that at this time? But listen, just like you said, people need to laugh right now. I think people need something to look forward to as well. And sports can be that outlet for people that they can look forward to, cheer for the respective teams, 
even if it's not in the respective city, it might be a team in the States or somewhere else. They'll have that to cheer for and look forward to, and I just think that's a good thing. We're joined by Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. He's our headliner today, Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers Now. I got the all truculent show today. Brian Burke at uh, 1 o'clock, George LaRock at 135. Part of why we have you on, Louis, to do a little bit of storytelling. Um, you know, obviously, you know George. Very strong. Arguably one of the strongest heavyweights of all time. I mean, at any, at, and he was left-handed. Who do you recall physically matching up against oh. that had a degree of mat? Like, Dave Brown was wiry and could hurt you with that left hand, but I don't think he was super strong. Yeah. Were there maybe a couple guys that maybe people don't think is incredible heavyweights or incredible fighters yep. that yep. they put the clamp on you and it was over? Well, I mean, listen, George had incredible balance, too. He was his legs. His power came from his lower body. He was a very big, strong guy. But his legs, you know, from playing soccer, he said, you know, and running, he just was, you know, he was so solid on that foundation. So that was such an advantage for him when he was fighting. Not necessarily the biggest heavyweight puncher, but boy, oh boy, could he ever throw you around? And he certainly threw hard enough to do a lot of damage. But it was his balance and his strength that allowed him to manhandle people to the positions that he wanted. That's why it made it so difficult for guys to fight him because if he wasn't doing well in the fight he could literally just chuck you around a little bit to get you off balance and get you out of your rhythm the other guy that i fought a lot of times that was very similar to that and i and people know that he was strong was marty mcsorley marty mcsorley had incredible endurance so the longer the fight went the better he seemed to do but again he was one of those guys that he didn't want to go in there and make it just a punching fight he wanted to make it a full body fight so what i mean by that is if you watch some of his fights, and he did it to me in a number of the fights, he would grab guys and he would jerk them up and down and try and, like, reef them from side to side, get them off balance, make them use the big muscles in their body and fatigue them, and then later in the fight he would just pick them apart and start chopping them down. And that's so those are dangerous guys. Bob Probert was the same way. He did it a different way. He would lengthen you out, but he had incredible endurance. But I will say one guy that probably wasn't on people's lists, and that was... Uh, Sean, the Barbarian Cronin, you know, played in Winnipeg. He was a really strong individual. And I fought him one time when he was with the Jets, and uh, I just remember grabbing onto him, and I was like, yeah, I was a pretty strong guy myself, and I grabbed onto him, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's got some, some strength behind him. You can just tell when you grab someone, when it doesn't move, it's like kind of grabbing onto a brick wall. Um, you know you're in a little bit of trouble if you don't get yourself going, and, and Cronin had that. Well, Cronin the Barbarian is one of the greatest hockey nicknames of all time. You can text oh, us at you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Give me your best hockey nicknames of all time because Cronin the Barbarian has to be considered one of the best. The only guy that the one guy Louis that got Cronin bad was Dave Brown in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Well, you know what, lefties, right? Cronin yep. was a lefty, too, like that, and that was the thing. So he was a left-handed fighter as well, so he was a little bit unorthodox in that sense for most most guys are right-handed. But lefties are always a little bit of a, a special issue because they're coming from different angles, and they're, they're typically used to those toe-to-toe battles. So Brownie being the longer lefty, I mean, that's just the recipe for disaster for, for Cronin. But um, you know what? You got. I mean, listen, I know Stu Grimson's a very religious individual, born-again Christian, but... The Grim Reaper. I mean, that if that doesn't send chills down your spine, I had a few sleepless, 
sweaty afternoon sleeps thinking about Stu the Grim Reaper Grimson coming into the building and knowing that I was going to have to talk to coach with him that night. He's he's a, not an easy guy to erase from your memory, you know, and he was uh, very good at his job. Uh, another one that's coming here, the missing link in regards oh, yeah. to Link you know Gates. That guy right there, and I, I got to play with uh, Link down in the minors down in Cape Breton, and obviously he was with Edmonton for a bit too, but that guy struck fear in people. He was, and it's really unfortunate what happened to him because before he had his accident and almost lost the, the use of half of his body, and he still played right. after that and still fought a ton, but before that, he was a machine. He had a 110-mile-an-hour slap shot. He could blast it from the blue line. He was agile for a big man and could throw both hands with uh with ease you know he was he was he was one of the best it's really too bad that didn't pan out he had a great fight with probert the year before he got hurt and i mean he gave him everything he could handle 780-496-0063 or ashley five floors text line nicknames and it's sort of specific to the heavyweights right now we got a whole bunch of them coming in smack entire for steve <laughs> mcintyre what do you think of that yeah. that's your old hunting buddy isn't it louis yeah i like that you know what he's a smack attack you know what i'll tell you what uh just I, I, I smile because I don't even know if Steve really knew how tough he was. You know, I used to I used to joke with him and say, you know, it's not too often that you say a guy is actually too tough for the league, but he really had a hard time finding fights at the end because guys just didn't want to mess with him because he was that tough. And uh, yeah, that's a great one too. He's uh, um, you know one of the best. I think he could have played in any era as far as toughness. That's for sure, no question. We got one coming in, Dave Charlie Manson. In regard to Dave Nant. Manson, has done a very good job developing Oilers defensemen. But he, when you played against him, guys were scared because of his unpredictability on the ice, right? Well, it was a perfect name for him because of that unpredictability. And he, and the thing with him was, he had such a short fuse too. And and you know, I played with with Dave before he heard his his uh, voice box. So before he could, he was he would speak normal. He was one of the biggest chatters I ever played with. I mean, he would—he was always chirping people on the ice. Every single shift, he was yelling at guys. He was chirping, and he just always liked to keep the opponent on a little bit of the edge. But when he snapped, boy, oh boy, he was—he uh, was wire. He was tough. His, his son Josh is very similar. When that guy goes, he goes hard. Um, but uh, yeah, good nickname for him. Yeah, no question. We got a bunch of others. What was did Dennis Bonvie have a nickname? Somebody's texted me a nickname on Dennis Bobby. I've never wild heard of that. Thing. He was Wild Thing. Yeah. He was Wild Thing? Yeah, Dennis Wild Thing Bonvie. And that, you know what? The only guy that I can remember in the history of my career anyway, because I was usually the tough guy and I was usually trying to protect people, but I went down to Cape Breton for a conditioning stint, and Dennis was pretty young at that time and came flying into a scrum, and there was a big pushing match. So I'm in there, and he literally shoved me out of the way to get in. And, and see who wanted to fight. He was, uh, well, still the all-time penalty minutes leader in the American Hockey League, all-time fighting majors leader there. I mean, that guy was legendary down in the American Hockey League. Had a good good stint in the NHL as well, but, you know, one of the tougher guys to ever play the game. Reggie in Red Deer says, Bob, what about the Mangler? I believe he is referring to uh, Igor Ulanov, the Mangler for him. Mangler. Uh, Ian from Millwood says, what about, I mean, Dave Semenko, you're talking Sammy, was his nickname. And he yep. instilled, you know, we had Jim Playfair on a couple days ago, Louie, and I know you've watched old fight videos of Larry Playfair. Larry Playfair was like 1980, 81, 82, 83, and around that time, he was top three in the league. And he was a huge man. 
You know, it's amazing. I, I love watching those old fight tapes because those are the, the tapes that when I was coming up through the ranks, I would watch those old VHS tapes for hours, like eight, nine hours of fight tapes, just to, to learn how guys fought, what they did, how they grabbed, how they spun. And those are, that was right that was right oh. in the wheelhouse for me. All those guys were the guys that I watched, and Terry O'Reilly's, Ben Wilson's, Playfair, you know, Nystrom, you know. You go down the list, I mean, every team had a bunch of guys. But you know what? It, I always say this. It was just, there was a, they, they really didn't like each other. And that was the amazing, Clark Gillies, you know, these guys had that stare and that look like they really, really didn't like the opponent. There was, and, and I don't want to say hatred, but it was. There was a hatred there, a healthy hatred in sports where they wanted to do whatever they could to take down the opposition. And you just go back and watch those, and they they meant business. They were, I mean, when they went, when Terry O'Reilly dropped the gloves, I mean, he was crazy. And he really was. And uh, that guy was. That's, so well, they called him, Louie, they called him Taz. They called him Taz Absolutely. for Taz, Tasmanian Devil. Nickname for him because. I'll tell you what, and you know Bobby Nystrom. I, I mean, he was one of my favorites because he had that straight blonde hair, and it would just flare. His mustache would go, and you know his chin was up, and he just literally would say, "Okay, I'm going to start punching, and hopefully I hit you more times than you hit me." It was just, it was like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, I can tell you, watching all those fight tapes growing up and coming up through the ranks and getting ready to start playing pro hockey, I was like, "I better, I better make sure I." pack my lunchbox and put my hard hat on here because these guys are for real and it really is when you get to that level it's all business reggie and red deer says stop you got to know the mangler was mel engelstadt not oh, igor yulinov yeah legendary mangler it's funny you said that i can't believe yeah mel i'll tell you he i fought him a few times too and um he was tough you know he's he's one of those guys that i respect so much because he came, he just continually worked himself up and eventually did get NHL games in Washington. And you know what? He, uh, he literally fought for every single thing that he got, and he absolutely was pumped about it. One of the nicer guys you're going to meet off the ice. Yeah, Hordacek versus Engelstad, maybe uh, one of the greatest American Hockey League fights of all time. Or I think that's, a, that's an IHL fight. Manitoba. IHL fight. Yeah, it yeah. was one uh, Manitoba versus Houston, right? I yeah, believe. yeah. And, uh, I think like that the first fight they had, and because that was the team that uh, they had switched teams, something about Hordachuk was playing for the team, or Orlando, sorry. It was Orlando, yeah. I think. It was playing for the team that uh, Mel had played for before, so it was hyped up, and it lived up to the hype. Both of their fights were good, but fight number one between those two is, in my opinion, it might be top five of all time. Like, it was yeah. unbelievable. It yeah, I was Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Coach Al has texted the show. He's popped a couple names in here. Mad Dog referring to Bob Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's, he's going. He's going with. Uh, he says Battleship Bob Probert. There was. I know there was Battleship. Bo um, uh, there was a Battleship Kelly. Was there not? That was with the yeah, the Chicago. Was yep. And then there was Brian Spinner Spencer, who was out of uh, the Fort St. James, Prince George area. His dad, unfortunately, uh, it was the first year the Vancouver Canucks were in the NHL, and Spinner got called up from the minors for the Leafs, and they went and showed the Canucks game, and you know the story. His dad went into the CBC and held the CBC up with a shotgun and uh, unfortunately perished in the ensuing gunfight. And Spinner Spencer had a rather uh, nasty demise, but he was a hugely popular player in uh, uh, in Buffalo during his time with the Sabres. 
Bob, there was a guy named Mental Mel Hewitt for the Salt Lake City Golden Eagles in the old Central Hockey League. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other guys, too, that comes to mind, Bob, but I want to get in there. Bob the Hammer Fleming. What? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, look him up. He was like, he was legendary down in the American Hockey League. For the Rochester Americans, he was a lefty, and he threw jackhammers. Yeah. <laughs> they could have called him Bob Jackhammer Fleming because he was, he was ridiculous. I mean, he... Honestly, and I'm not going to listen. I was a tough guy. I was a goon. I get it. I was, I was one of those players. But I felt I could skate. I could go. He literally would be pushed to the dot. And then once he grabbed a hold of you, it was like, look out. Look out. <laughs> and, it, and honestly, Jim Cummins, a good friend of mine, you know, we used to talk about him. He was, he's one of those guys had the big handlebar mustache. And, you know, he came out there and I'll tell you, he just, he looked scary. And when he started chucking those punches, boy, oh boy. It was like, look, you better be ready for that one. There's a text coming in saying, hey, uh, it's Kevin in Vancouver. What about King Kong Korab? Well, great nickname. He was six foot four, but he wasn't, uh, I, I thought he was kind of a gentle giant uh, throughout the course of his NHL career. Come on, stop. How can you miss Ogie Ogathorpe? Well, that's. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's sort of a, the, the proverbial slap shot. Uh, and we have got a Bob the Hammer Fleming with Peoria in the IHL coming in. There so somebody go. else. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, good. I'm glad someone else picked that. He's one of my favorites. I just love the name, number one. But if you go back and you can find some of his old fights, well, he used to be able to when it was a little bit. There was a few websites back in the day, like 10, 15 years ago, that just had, you know, and I believe hockeyfights.com would, would, would have some of them too if you were to really look them up. But he. He was he was tough. He was really tough. He was a left-handed fighter, and it was they were jackhammers, literally jackhammers. He was throwing at you. Uh, what you guys know, love for Zach Cassian, isn't it? The Zach attack, isn't that what they call Zach Cassian? Not a bad one. Yeah, you know that's pretty good. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's fun. You know what? It's a it's a different part of the game, but it's fun. They're characters, and uh, you know what? Um, they earned those nicknames. Yeah. All right, Louie, awesome stuff. We had a little bit of fun today. We needed to do that. Thanks for joining us in Oilers now. Sounds good, Bob. Anytime, bud. Yep, 12.54. Uh, a couple votes for the boogeyman for Derek Bugard. And, I mean, he was uh, intimidating, threatening players. Well, thank you for all of you that texted in. Oh, Nasty Morasty. How could we forget John Nasty Morasty? Um, it was once told by me by guys in the Western Hockey League at that time, they thought he was the worst player ever to play in the league. Uh, Kevin Jaws. Evans from the Kalamazoo Wings in the IHL, 645 penalty minutes. Really? 645. Now, was he the guy that was, I know the Oilers had an Evans that was in their, that they drafted at one point. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Thanks, Jujar. It's uh, 12.57 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. You can text us, 780-496-0063, Ashley Finefloor's text line. KS says, Bob, I was a Canadian fan growing up, so Chris Knuckles Nyland was a favorite of mine. He's another guy that got obliterated like Terry O'Reilly by Larry Playfair. Uh, another text to the show, Rick texted, Bob, what about Todd You and he was tough. I don't know if Todd had a, a nickname. I have shown multiple Oilers players because they think of Bob Probert being the number one heavyweight of all time and Todd Ewan knocking him the blank out 
Uh, just an incredible punch, and unfortunately, uh, neither of those two guys are uh, uh, with us anymore. Uh, come on, guys. Who could ever forget the nickname Huggy Bear for Zach Stortini? Well, Zach had a long minor pro career. You guys went the whole distance on tough guys and didn't talk about Dave the Hammer Schultz. That comes to us from James. You know what? I'm the first to admit to it. I was not a Flyers fan as a kid. I, I During the Eric Lindros era in Philadelphia, I liked the Big E, so, you know, I had a little bit more time for them, but I was not a Dave Schultz fan, and consider the moment when Larry Robinson kicked the living snot out of him to be one of the greatest sports moments in history. It is 1258 in Edmonton. More truculence coming up with Brian Burke after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.